0: What's going on with the shipping costs and transit time situation now that we're coming up on March, 2022? Today's guest gives us the rundown. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Are you browsing a Shopify, Walmart, Etsy, Alibaba, or Pinterest page and maybe you see a cool product that you wanna get some more data on? Well, while you're on those pages, you can actually use the Helium 10 Chrome extension demand analyzer to get instant data about what's happening on Amazon for those keywords on these other websites. Or maybe you wanna then follow up and get an actual supplier quote from a company on alibaba.com in order to see if you can get this product produced. You can do that also with the Helium 10 demand analyzer. Both of these are part of the Helium 10 Chrome extension, which you can download for free at h10.me forward slash extension. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart world. Uh, we're, we're gonna talk about something that's that's been on the mind of a lot of serious sellers out there, and, and that's specifically... Um, A lot of things having to do with shipping. You know, we've we've been having uh, our own resident uh, uh, expert that we we call in about the sourcing and some shipping things at Keon. Um, uh, We've been having uh, special episodes, if you guys have heard, on our Helium 10 Buzz episode of the week. Once a month where we get an an episode where we uh, have an update on what's going on as far as, especially in China, uh, on the sourcing delays that some might have. And, you know, there's been updates on power outages and things like that so make sure to keep tuning in on that and, and you can see his channel at, at sourcing with Keon and on um youtube but but i want to flip the script a little bit and just talk uh mainly about like you know warehousing and, and shipping and things because for the last whew, it's been like two years we, we've had a lot of abnormalities you know where, whether it's it's really delayed shipping times or or nobody has space in warehouses or amazon changes rules on incoming shipments and this and that so i wanted to try and ask some of these uh Questions that that I've been seeing in the, in the Facebook groups and things, and, and give you guys an update. You know, now that we're uh, here, coming up on the end of, of February uh, 2022. You know, coming out of you know Chinese New Year, what can we expect? So uh, I've invited here for the first time on the show, uh, Burak. How, how's it going?
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, Bradley.
0: Now, where are you based out of? Uh, Miami, actually,
1: Florida. Not a bad Miami, person. Florida.
0: Okay, yeah. now is that where you were born and raised, or what, what was your uh, what was no. your path here to?
1: Um, I'm originally from Istanbul, Turkey. Um, I left Turkey maybe like 12 years ago. Um, I studied one year in in France. I did an MBA in Paris and I moved to China for six months. I was basically going to be a caddy master in a golf resort. (laughs) It's a strange way to start a career. But then after three months, I decided that's not something for me. My background is international logistics and international business, my bachelor's degree. So I started working for a Chinese American company. <clears throat> then I grew, started my own business. Uh, Qian is actually my good friend. Uh, we know each other for a while. Um, kind of have a similar background. Like I, you know, I started as a sourcing agent, middleman, one man show, whatever you call. And ended up staying there eight years instead of six months. Um, and then three years ago, I moved to Miami, but we still have offices in China, Hong Kong and other part of the world.
0: Okay, cool. So did you, um, I'm assuming you learned Chinese pretty well then uh, living over there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of losing a little bit. But now in Miami, I feel like I need to improve my Spanish. So basically, I'm kind of lost between the languages. But yeah, I was, it was impossible to survive in China, you know, without Chinese.
0: And
1: back then, business was very uh, fast, you know, I kind of luckily witnessed the fastest growing uh, gdp of china like you know they were growing 10 12 percent every year year 2013 14 15 the best years of china i was there so i kind of witnessed how the companies grew um how the shipment quantities increase and mm-hmm. how everything was like outstanding
0: okay cool so l- l- let's just hop right into it um the, the, the first thing that's on everybody's mind is, you know, everybody has seen the news, even if they're not in e-commerce, where they see pictures of like the L.A. port or things about how, you know, there's just all these container ships uh, just sitting out there. And, you know, we've talked with Kian and others about the, re- you know, some of the reasons why, you know, lack of containers, you know, from China and then and then, you know, lack of a, a availability to, to get them checked in here. But, you know, end of February 2022, what's the current status like? Did any of that like ease up? over you know since nothing was shipping out of um china you know for the last few weeks due to the uh you know due to the chinese new year or or is it still just as bad as, it, as it's been over the last few months
1: um i think you know when er- i think everybody would be expecting us to start talking about you know shipping from china to us but i think i'd like to start like a little bit reverse engineering mm-hmm. here um in the united states um we have almost a 40 million square feet shortage, warehouse-wise. What I mean with that is we have roughly today um, 105 to 110 container ships waiting outside of Los Angeles. So unfortunately, there is no technology or there is no solution for that yet. Even if the port or you know the government comes up with new regulations, uh, new updates, you know they are. If you can't pick up your container on time they give you fine or they, they charge shipping lines and that shipping line is charging uh, actually end customers as a congestion fee like out of nowhere. So everybody's like really surprised at when this thing is gonna over. Um, but unfortunately, there's not enough space in the West Coast to put all those merchandise. So basically when we are saying there are 110 container ships are waiting outside, it is almost equal of 60 million square feet merchandise. So where are we going to put all these things? meanwhile we already have 40 million almost square feet shortage in entire united states so that is number one i think question mark yes we still have shortage in uh, california in in especially in los angeles we still have shortage problem uh, with the drivers with the trucks and more importantly the chassis a lot of people wouldn't know what it is it's a little maybe technical but you have a container in the terminal able to pick up we send a truck to pick up but there's no chassis, there's no equipment to actually put that container on behind the truck. So basically, the truck goes into the terminal, and they can't basically pick up the corner and just come back. And this is like, like a snowball effect. We've been trying to avoid Los Angeles for the last six months because some of our customers stuck product almost three to four months. So imagine you're investing fifty to $60,000 uh, into a full container of merchandise, but you can't sell them three to four months. So... There are a lot of sellers are having a very big cash flow uh, pressure. Sure.
0: So that, so then, you know, you can control where your uh, port of entry is if you're mm-hmm. if you're as long as you're ordering a full container.
1: Yes. I mean, it is it's about, um, you know, I mean, I lived in China eight years. I have a lot of good friends, uh, companies, but the companies from especially China, FBA, uh, Amazon FBA sellers, as well as e-commerce sellers, Shopify, Walmart. And one of the biggest, I think, challenges that sellers are facing are they don't know where is their shipment. They don't know what is the actual departure date. They don't know what is actual arrival date, how many days, if it's a direct shipping line and if there is a connection through a different port. One of the biggest, I would say, uh, wrong pronunciation is a, is a term that people call that I'm sure you heard, Bradley, like CDDP, AirDDP. Um, it is due to delivery pay. It means that the freight forwarder takes care of everything. But most of the companies in China, they use this fast CDDP and slow fast CDDP. But there is no such thing existed. It's mm-hmm. either direct shipping line or it's indirect shipping line. And most of the shipping lines are connecting uh, through Korea, Busan port, which has a crazy backlog or they're Connecting through Los Angeles, if you want to ship to, I don't know, Seattle, uh, San Diego, Oakland, almost 80% of the the shipping lines are connecting either in Korea, if we ship it out from China or in Los Angeles. So what is the reason of using those shipping lines? Even if you have a small shipment, full container, I think one of the things sellers need to be really careful about to, I think, improve their communication with their freight forwarders. They need to understand what is the transit time? Which shipping line are they using? What is the route? You know, when the Suez Channel was uh, blocked with one of the evergreen uh, cargo yep. ship, so many companies, they start freaking out and they try to reroute the shipments. Um, you know, they start sending to different ports, different parts of the world. And I guess that's where people start g- getting more aware of where their shipments are going and where the shipment should go through and why where it shouldn't go. I think this is the number one thing uh, sellers uh, should be focusing on because, uh, you know, we have a lot of clients, they're using Helium 10, uh, they have amazing tools, like, you know, you check your keyword ranking, you check your competition, PPC, but if you don't know when your shipment departs, when it's going to arrive, how are you going to stay on top of your inventory management? How can you manage your PPC budget? How can you manage your coupons? If you don't know where's your shipment, when it's going to arrive. So I really think that sellers should start thinking all this process just one entire process and they need to start managing everything in in one hand.
0: So what what is the current, you know, times like let's say uh, LA port versus Oakland port, you know, I ship something, you know, the the um you know uh, March 1st, 2022. Um when is it going to actually probably you know clear customs and get through because i you know i know sometimes you know sure it'll get to the the quote-unquote port right. of long beach but it's sitting on a container ship you know like you said for one or two months so so what's what is the current situation right now something leaves shenzhen port on march 1st when can i expect to get my hands on it not necessarily arrive to an amazon warehouse or three P warehouse right. but when can a, a local truck in california either oakland or right. or long beach actually pick it up how long are we talking
1: Actually, there will be three options. Number one, shipping from Shenzhen to Los Angeles, um, indirect shipping line, which means connecting through Korea. There can be between the actual sailing time, the transit time the shipping line is providing us between 35 to 50 days. So this is just the original time of the ship departs from Shenzhen, stops in Korea, uh, exchange the containers and go to Los Angeles, Could be depending on the shipping line. Could be um, you can imagine that as a as an airline. When you ship from when you fly from one place to another place, either you have a direct or you have a stopover. So the same thing could be between up to 30 to 50 days between from Shenzhen to Los Angeles, connecting, and then you're expecting at least 20 to 25 days outside of Los Angeles port. So basically, you're looking at something at least 60 days to Mm -hmm. 90 days. From the day okay. it departs, it arrives to uh, the port and then your, sh- your container or your shipment is available to be picked up. If right. you're using a direct shipping line from Shenzhen to Auckland, the transit time is 16 days. And with the delays, one week or seven to eight days, we are basically shipping within 25 to 30 days, port to port, latest arrive. Or if you really need to ship to Los Angeles, you can use a express shipping line, Madison which the price is almost 40% more expensive than the regular shipping line, and then they arrive also in 2025 20, days. So the three options, and most of the time, people are, don't know which shipping line they're using, so they always complain, oh, my shipment de- de- delayed, but then we need to ask, what is the reason? Or you need to ask your freight forwarder, what is the reason?
0: So what is the um what is the price difference though of like shipping to Long Beach as opposed to shipping to Oakland? I would wouldn't Oakland be be more expensive?
1: No, it's almost the same price today. Sixteenth uh, of February, uh, indirect shipping line from Shenzhen to Los Angeles eleven thousand dollars for full container eleven thousand to eleven thousand five hundred. The um, direct shipping line from Shenzhen to Oakland around thirteen thousand dollars. So you would say like be around twenty percent more expensive. Not because of the destination, but because a the direct shipping line. There are also some shipments going to Oakland port, connecting through Korea or Los Angeles, but it makes no sense because then you can just directly ship it to Los Angeles, right? Or if it goes Madison, it is roughly seventeen to $18,000. So most of the customers that we work with, we highly recommend them to ship it to Oakland. We consolidate our own containers in China, so we are very transparent we provide the container numbers the shipping line number the etd eta people can track the shipments online i think that's also another issue with most of the sellers that they don't really know where is their shipment and then when it's going to arrive
0: now now there's sellers who this is all they know they they launched only like in the last year year and a half and and this is like normal for them maybe they hate it but but you know only the people who have been around for like you know two plus years know what the 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 good old days, you know, was. So just for those out there, you know, what's what's the contrast? What's what's the quote unquote normal uh, things? You just mentioned right now, first of all, uh, prices of a container, you know, 11 and $14,000 depending on where it is. And then, you know, uh, uh, to LA it's like 60 to 90 days before you can get your hands on it. But before the world turned upside down, what were those numbers?
1: Uh, Two years ago, I would say the, you know, shipping from Shenzhen to Los Angeles would be 25 to 35 days between. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the price, I guess, like two thousand eight hundred, like two thousand five hundred between twenty GP container, up to maybe four thousand. And right before the Christmas or right before Chinese New Year, we probably see four thousand to five thousand dollar, but nothing like above 6000 So, but last year we saw it was crazy, it was madness. We saw eighteen thousand dollar to twenty thousand dollar to West Coast and New York was, I think, selling around twenty five thousand dollars. And imagine, you know, people with like tiny margins and the big competition, They, some of them, they decided not to ship and then wait. Uh, some of them had to take the cost and ship it. So, But we are expecting not to go back to those numbers, either up or down. Like we, we I don't think that we will ever see uh, prices going back to 4000 $5,000. And, but I don't really think that we're going to see $20,000 to $25,000. Like right now, the East Coast, New York or Norfolk, around like $14,000, $15,000. Maybe in summertime, we might see some drop. Uh, before the uh, Christmas time, like September, October, we're going to probably see the peak again. So I think people should be really careful with their ROI. And they need to calculate this basically 20 to 30% up and down uh with their pricing and the cost calculations
0: okay Okay. so now i know you can't um you can't predict you know what's going to happen but you know uh, you have access to a lot of trends and and you know you know more about this than the average person so if you were to predict what what is going to start you know what's going to happen now uh through march through april what kind of signs are you seeing out there? Is this 11,000 to 13,000 pretty much going to be the same for a few months? Or do you see it going up a little bit do you, because of Chinese New Year? Do you see it going down? What, what yeah, do you think? Yeah,
1: because of Chinese New Year, probably we're going to see some drop. Uh, mm-hmm. But this week, the prices are a little bit increased. I think because there's a really big demand. A lot of factories just coming back to work and they had like half finished goods. And now they try to they try to ship it. And the demand is not really going down because most of our customers. Are trying to uh, expand internationally, so we are only talking about U.S. But a lot of people trying to um, enter new markets like U.K., Canada, Germany. Uh, Surprisingly, a lot of people start asking about Middle East. You know whether we do shipments or not. Uh, so I, I think people will be uh, people are a little bit tired of this, like you know the Los Angeles port situation, everything. So they are looking for like profitable new markets. Uh, we are helping people to expand that with, you know, international logistics as well as the warehousing. Uh, I guess U.S. market will keep uh, up with the demand. Uh, so the price is going to be staying above 10,000 uh, rates next couple of months. Uh, in summertime, we might see some drop. But again, it people start already asking us about the fourth quarter because the time goes really fast, especially... The China side, or even in India, right now, we see that there's a big uh, delays with the manufacturing side because of the environmental facts, the electricity mm-hmm. problem, the raw material price increase a lot. We start hearing this, like let's say stainless steel increased like 40% uh, compared to two years ago. So it is a it is a little bit of everything, I would say, um, when it comes to the supply chain. So that's why people should be. Uh, Always have like, you know, plan B, plan C, sourcing from a new market, shipping to the new ports, uh, maybe look for an alternative 3PL warehouse. You know, three years ago, maybe we wouldn't have this conversation even, Bradley, Mm -hmm. because, you know, things were like really smooth. But right now, I think being successful on uh, selling on Amazon or Walmart or e-commerce is all about like planning your entire year, I think, up front. Otherwise, you know, things get like crazy with delivery times and the prices.
0: Okay. Now, as far as you know, what, what are the pros and cons of using the Amazon Global Logistics? You know, sometimes I, I, you see news articles out there. I've never personally used it. I actually tried once to do it on our Project X case study account, but there were some some issues where they never approved our, our account for that. But um, like, you know, there's news articles that say, oh, yeah, you know, you, you can get it much faster through there and, and it's cheaper and things like that. And like, and I was just it didn't make sense to me. I was like, what? What? You know? They just get to skip the line uh, at the Long Beach port. So, so what is the, the the pros and cons? Like, can you are customers using Amazon Global Logistics getting their stuff faster and, and, and cheaper, or is is it pretty much it's the same the same boat as I mean, as everything else?
1: Absolutely, they're not doing anything fast. I would I can definitely say that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: a couple of our customers they use Amazon Global Logistics, um, basically. Amazon has its own brand, right? Like, you know, Amazon Basic. So they manufacture a lot of things in Asia. So they have a big, uh, maybe almost bigger than a mid of freight forwarder. Amazon has its own freight, uh, enough containers to load a couple of vessels per, per week. So basically what they do is they charter their own cruises. They charter their own, uh, they, they charter their own um, cargo ships. And they put their own containers. And when they have an extra space, they basically put the rest of the cargo to there. So basically, you have zero control on your departure date. Uh, Everybody knows, all the sellers know how the Amazon's customer service um, works. It's the same thing with the Amazon Global Logistics. Basically, there is no guarantee when it's going to ship. There is no guarantee of tracking. There is no guarantee of anything. I heard the prices are very cheap, but... You kind of need to understand uh, whether you're okay with your entire investment, or let's say one third of your investment, your merchandise sitting on global, uh, sitting on one of the terminals in China, and you don't know when mm-hmm. it's going to depart. Versus you're okay to pay two, three thousand dollars more, but you actually know when your shipment. I mean, maybe some of the really large brands who don't have really cash flow problem, they might be doing this with a huge uh, contracts with Amazon directly. Uh, but most of the sellers that who, you know, small sellers, like six, seven, eight figure sellers, uh, I don't really see the reason why they should be working with them. Um, same thing with the Amazon LTL, actually, when you're a wholesaler, you're a retail arbitrage or a private label. Uh, we've been talking about private labels shipping from China, but I'm sure there are a lot of people listening, like uh, sourcing product domestically or from South America. Even the same thing with Amazon LTL carriers. Yes, it's cheap, but the problem we see when... Our customers are sending us the FBA labels and the palette labels to ship out the products. The Amazon LTL carrier never shows up. And then in their system, they say that they showed up. And then the customer, like the seller, needs to call back Amazon uh, Carrier Central to try to rebook it, reschedule it, um, trying to get the refund. So that's why now, you know, a lot of people they have the limits. The more you sell, Amazon gives you more. Uh, ability to send new inventory in. So it means that you really have like a tight time between sending in inventory checks in. So you want to make sure everything goes smooth. So we can't avoid the fact that Amazon is massive. They're getting like bigger, you know, they're chartering their own planes, trucks. Uh, They have new strategies probably, but it's never going to be, because it's going to be always like bulk and people who use that needs to be careful with the shipping time and the transit times with their shipments.
0: Okay, Um, let's let's you you talked a little bit about vocabulary uh, words and and different things. And and so let's just do a quick overview again of 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 the terms that you think people need to understand and and then the differences of them, you know, like air shipping, sea shipping, fast, slow, DDP. Like, I don't know if you can pick like five or the top five or top 10, you know, uh, shipping related things that you think Amazon sellers out there need to know what they mean so that they can make a, a, a good decision.
1: Uh, Most of the new beginners, we understand that they don't know the difference between FOB and EXW. Um, That is basically when you're making a deal with your factory, they are basically asking what kind of price do you want, like FOB and EXW. And probably a lot of people, they heard about it, but they don't know the difference. So this is something they need to understand because it affects directly their their, uh, pricing. When people are asking us the price, we always caught them, everything included, door-to-door. And now we ask them who's going to pay the local charges in China. And they're like, what do you mean with that? We are like, what is your trade term? Is it FOB or EXW? This is number one, I guess. Um, FOB is something that when you place the order, the factory pays the local charges in the origin. It can be Turkey, India, Bangladesh. If it is EXW, it means the factory responsible, manufacture the product, leave it in front of the factory door, and you're in charge of entire uh, pricing, entire the cost. But some of the people say, oh, I don't know how to pick up. I don't know who's going to pay. I don't know, should my supplier send you the product or can you pick up? We tell them it doesn't really matter because the factories in China or you know, the different part of the world. They know this process. So the sellers only need to be careful when they choose the trade term because normally, If you place an order, Bradley, FOB, it means that factory is going to pay the local charge. let's say you're manufacturing a microphone and microphone costs $5 EXW. And with FOB, they're going to probably charge you $5.5. So they actually going to reflect that local charges into the product cost. You know, maybe this could sound a little advanced, but just to understand what kind of pricing you're getting from factory, because... If you're buying 10,000, 15,000 units, it can make a really big difference. So mm-hmm. this is the number one. The second thing, I would say the fast sea or slow sea. I hear this from every single person. Um, and this is a very wrong thing to say uh, because there is no such thing. You know, It's not like two cargo ships are racing to each other <laughs> in the Pacific Ocean to get into the terminal. It's about their routing, whether they stop in a different port. Whether uh, they have the size of the you know the cargo ship, some of the cargo ship can take up to sixteen thousand containers. Some of them can get up to only four thousand. So people need to understand uh, when they talk to us or they are freight forwarder, uh, they need to understand the the route, like shipping route. What can affect the the shipping time? Is it the connection? Is it the which terminal they are actually? Uh, unloading the containers in the destination? Is it the port? So this is the right question to ask. Instead of asking slow boat, fast boat, people should ask, which shipping line are you using? Is it a direct shipping line, indirect shipping line? And what is the transit time? And when your freight forwarder is answering you the transit time, it means from the port to port, you need to ask, Okay, great, it is 35 days. But what is your experience? How many days it actually takes that my container will be available in the terminal. If they don't have the answer, you need to reconsider working that freight forward because they should actually know. Because most of the companies, they just ship the product and then they forget about it. They don't really give you because they get paid in advance. So you need to really understand the entire process. So there's no such thing, slow, C, fast, C. It's either direct shipping or indirect. And I think that one of the, ter- one of the most important things the HS codes, um, I know a lot of people don't really like this topic, but but if you source private label from China, uh, there are a lot of items are subject to extra cost between 15% and 25%. So you really need to understand what kind of HS code your freight forwarder is using under which company, whether it's under your company or the freight forwarder's company, and how much duty and tax you're going to pay. A couple of weeks ago, one of my customers told me their freight forwarder said such thing um, I think the the duty farming or for, like tax farming, I'm like, I don't even know what does that mean? So if someone comes up to you and then ask you uh, or tell you things like makes no sense, always make sure you question because eventually it could be your product returned back from the custom to the origin because it doesn't pass the, uh, you know, the custom. So I think these are the three top main things that people should be uh, focusing on. And never like, worry about asking the right questions to your uh, freight forwarders. And most of our customers who used to work with their suppliers freight forwarders, I really don't recommend that. Always make sure you guys have a direct communication with the freight forwarder. It doesn't matter if you're using the suppliers, if you're using your own. Make sure you have at least one or two contact people from the freight forwarder. In case someone gets sick or they're out of office or they quit the job it happens a lot last year so many people quit their jobs especially in china um it is very important uh, most of our friends true friends they're asking us hey can you help me to find this company because i cannot contact them um i think these are some tips that i can give sellers
0: okay excellent now what, what are some you know mistakes you've seen. The biggest mistakes you've seen people people make. You know, obviously, you deal with you know tons of Amazon sellers out there, and and then you know, you're probably not the company that they use for their very first shipment. Maybe they were using, you know, just Alibaba freight, you know, uh, for, uh, to to find a freight forwarder, or they're using their factory, and then now they they they, they find you guys somehow. And then you take a look at what they've been doing you're like oh my god i can't believe they were doing this or or maybe they said like oh my god i can't believe i was doing this before i can't believe i paid this like what what are some of the most common mistakes you've seen amazon sellers make when they first uh, get started with you
1: uh i don't know how many i I don't know how many things come to my mind i don't know where to start but i guess one of the thing is the hidden costs Uh, a lot of people they get burned especially if it's their first shipment the second shipment uh, you know, it's always kind of try to work with the suppliers freight forwarder because kind of safe, you know, then they start asking. Um, what I like actually about Amazon community and, you know, uh, Facebook groups, people start giving their actual uh, reviews, actual feedback. So that's a really great thing. I think uh, people before start using a freight forward, they should be asking, like, who are these guys? Uh, a lot of people, they're surprised with the hidden costs. Uh, what I mean with that is, Uh, Try to negotiate with your freight forwarder, not to pay them upfront in advance. Uh, The reason why I'm saying that, um, I heard a lot of companies, they pay, let's say $5,000 from Shenzhen to Los Angeles, Amazon LAX 9 warehouse, $5,000 for, you know, 2,000 kilograms. And when the shipment arrived to port, the freight forwarders They say, oh, there's an extra charge of this and that. So then since they pay it already, they own the product, you have to pay it. I think this is one thing that people should be really careful with the quotation they receive. Uh, I highly recommend people to receive the quotation uh, written uh, by the email. A lot of people, they use Skype. A lot of people using WeChat. There's no problem with that. It's good to communicate with your freight forward because they're in a different time zone. Um, but definitely take the contract written uh, at the end. If you have any problem, let's say you find Alibaba, at least you can contact Alibaba and try to waive that fee. This is, this is one thing. Another thing is, uh, I guess a lot of people, they're making a the mistake is they don't know the shipping times. And then they're like running out of stock. They're running out of inventory. Um, there is one thing I, I, because I lived in China eight years before I started this uh, freight forwarding company, Forescat, I was using uh, companies in China and the biggest problem I was facing, the communication, I always had to ask them, where's my shipment? And I really never knew whether they're giving me the correct information or not. not, I'm not saying they lie, but they might be just giving you information because they don't want to make you angry. They don't want to feel like, you know, uh, having a bad relationship with you. They're like, oh yeah, it arrives next week. It arrives next week. But then I was like, you told me the same thing three weeks ago. Where's my shipment? Where's the container number? And they say, oh, we can't, uh, we can't share the container number. You know, I think these are the some of the things that you should be asking your freight forwarders before you work with them. Whether uh, you know they provide you the container number, that is very very important uh, because it's normal that if you have a small shipment, obviously every company is consolidate those containers. But you should be knowing what is your HS code and what is the container number because. Maybe that container has been sitting in China four, month, uh, four weeks in the terminal, but they told you that you're, uh, you're going to receive your product next week, and then you suddenly decide, okay, I'm going to uh, activate my listing, start getting reviews, but then you actually you never see that product next five to six weeks, and you miss the honeymoon period. You know, these are something that I think is kind of important.
0: Now- Something that I've seen, you know, come up on the Amazon dashboard and some sellers were asking about it, is some like, uh, kind of like new requirements. It says like, hey, you've got to, once you create this shipment, you've got, you know, 30 days or, or something like that to actually get it in. And so a lot of sellers are like, wait a minute, you can't do anything in 30 days unless, unless you're doing Made in USA and 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 have it arrive. So you know, what's happening for the stuff that's coming from China? I'm a, Like, let's just say it's going all the way to Amazon first. Um, Usually in those cases, they are putting the the FBA labels on the boxes already in China, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, if they're correct. not repackaging yes. here in the United States, so w- does this rule affect them, or, or what's going on there?
1: Well, that's like a that's something that we've been talking almost every day to our customers because it used to be ninety days before, so mm-hmm. there was like enough time. And if people don't do this yet, they should start doing it uh, before you start before you ship out your cargo from China. You should create your shipment. You, you need to send your FBA labels to your supplier so they can put it. We pick up and now we ship it either to our warehouse or Amazon. Uh, but this tur- but until until this 30-day rule, Bradley, uh, when we had this 90-day, we had a couple of uh, cases that the shipments were closed by the Amazon site. But... Amazon still received them after it was delivered. So <clears throat> I don't recommend to do this to people because Amazon Basic, it's against Amazon's policy. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell people that, yes, you should be doing it. But some of the cases, the shipments were already in the UPS, couple of days passed, the shipment delivered to Amazon, Amazon still scanned them and still put them under the uh, active inventory. So we saw that a couple of times. Even we saw that the shipment supposed to deliver to a different location with the different FPA labels, it was delivered. So when it comes to the third day, I guess it might still be the, the case, but it, it is definitely going to affect your account health. So I don't really recommend to do that. So the, the best option is to create the labels when the shipment departs. So people might be thinking, oh, wow, then I need to find a 3PL warehouse who can apply the labels. It's gonna be extra cost. Unfortunately, yes, it is what it is. But I guess what Amazon is trying to do is, imagine Amazon's system algorithm, maybe every day there are 1 million shipments created and maybe 230% of that are failed, not delivered on time. So basically Amazon is predicting and they're doing a forecast. I was actually, uh, a few weeks ago, I was in Amazon uh, San Francisco warehouse. They actually have a special area uh, where they have the check-in the shipments. And they're expecting that day to be delivered, let's say, 100 containers. But if there's only 70 containers delivered, then Amazon is actually losing 230% of their space and capacity. And they still pay the employees. They still pay for facilities. Everybody probably knows. I mean, you live in California, you know how things are getting expensive in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to pay uh, $8 per pallet to put the products on. Now we're almost paying $18 per pallet. So, same thing with Amazon. I think that's why they're like strict in the rules. And Amazon don't want to be anymore a warehouse store. They just want to be a very fast moving uh, fulfillment center. You know, before the COVID, you could send unlimited uh, inventory now. Uh, these days, we see still like it's a little bit losing up with the, uh, the inventory restrictions, I guess, because Amazon is investing a lot into new warehouse spaces. Uh, only like within the last three months, they probably have like five, six new warehouses in California. So I guess it's still going to go uh, the same way. Amazon will never like go back to unlimited space because they don't really make money on that. So people should really start focusing on finding a third-party warehouse uh, to get this labeling done in the U.S. side or in, in even in Europe because ship especially Canada is like shipping China to Canada is almost 50 days it takes by ocean, so you cannot really create your shipment before your uh, shipment created. like you cannot create your labels before shipment departs from China so.
0: Um, so it does apply to all shipments. Then it's not just talking about the 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 one when you use the Amazon partner carrier like yes. UPS. Like if I wanted to send a full container door to door to Amazon's warehouse, yes. th- there realistically is no way to comply with that new rule unless I I, I relabel the the stuff in a third party warehouse first.
1: Almost, almost. And another biggest, huh. another biggest issue right now with amazon full container deliveries i don't know if you heard about it but there's almost no carrier in california want to deliver to amazon directly the waiting time is incredible like each container waits almost average we have a digital platform so we track the delivery times they're waiting around seven to eight hours average to deliver a full container to amazon so imagine bradley you're paying only $800 to $1,000 detention fee for the delivery. Sometimes the trucks go to deliver things to Amazon full container, and then the Amazon says their system is down, just come back tomorrow. So imagine how much unexpected cost. One of our customers just shipped uh, from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, LSV1, full container. It was $4,500 for a truck just because it's going to mm-hmm. Amazon. It is. It used to be like... 1400 to $1,600. So I guess this supply chain issue, the the freights, uh, not only international, but domestic freight, even with Amazon, uh, Amazon is going to start put like more restrictions and more rules. We, I, I, I feel like it's coming up. So I think really people should be uh, careful with their shipments and their costs.
0: Okay. Now, you know, you know, I don't want really like,
1: to I don't wanna sound like I'm giving the bad news, but I think that's something that people should be prepared.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, well one thing to keep in mind too is it's not like oh, you know, now the the competition is different or or I'm screwed. I mean everybody's in, in the same boat, you know, like the the prices, the shipping times, it's not like you know people have special uh, access to to something that nobody else does. I mean, so yeah. people are going to, you know, what I've seen, you know, I've seen prices uh, raise, and and that's how it's going to be. So everybody's in the same boat, you know, no pun intended. And, and so we all we all just have to deal with it.
1: So when we're talking about, you know, global freight forwarding, uh, it's not only about just shipping port to port. There are so many other factors getting involved. Uh, you know, so many emails, so many people. Maybe until people place an order from, you know. Amazon, there are like 10 to 15 companies are involving. That's why I think digitalization is going to change the the era of this, you know, supply chain, because you said that everybody's on the same boat. I totally agree with that. But people who manage their supply chain more professionally, uh, more uh, visible, uh, I think they will be successful. Actually, I'm calling like, you know, global email freight forwarding because there are like so many manual jobs has been done in this industry. It is it is uh, really uh, important for people and companies to understand uh, why the digitalization should be helping them.
0: Okay, now b- before we get into your thirty second tip, um, are you going to the uh, Prosper Show yeah. a- in March? Actually, okay, we, cool. We're
1: gonna be uh, we're gonna be Helium ten uh, Helium 10's party sponsor. So,
0: oh, okay, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. So, yeah. guys, uh, uh, uh is one of the uh, sponsors for our special event. Um, it's going to be House of Blues uh it's a i forgot what it's called a music room or something at house of blues in mandalay bay so even if, if you're going to the prosper show or if you're not just go to vegas guys that weekend and we are going to have a crazy party um for any any 90s kids you know like myself we're going to have mark mcgrath uh there you know you might remember him from sugar ray he's going to be our, our our musical guest at, the, at this party which is crazy to see him in person Um, and, and it's going to be kind of like a nineties theme, Mark McGrath's nineties, uh, nineties night kind of, um, is what it's going to be. So if you guys want to get your tickets there before they sell out, go to h10.me forward slash prosper 2022. That's h10.me forward slash prosper 2022. You can meet Burak there. You can meet me there and meet Mark McGrath potentially, uh, there. So that that's definitely gonna be good times. Now, uh, what is your or your TST, 30-second tip. You know, you've know you been giving us a lot of tips and strategies, but what's something that, that's kind of quick and, and right. very actionable that, that our uh, listeners can take as uh, in regards to freight forwarding? Uh,
1: choose the right fl- uh, freight forwarder, reliable one uh, with a good communication, and make sure there's no hidden cost. Make sure you get the entire shipping process understood. Uh, which shipping line, how many days, which port, what's going to be the cost, and what is your delivery time? And make sure you are managing your cash flow according to that and make sure you place the orders. Don't forget there are delays in the supply chain part. And more importantly, I guess, uh, when you compare the prices compare to Apple to Apple, uh, because so many companies are out there like just offering the pricing without too much details. And don't be afraid of asking more questions. Um, I feel people are managing their entire e-commerce business, so so professional, Uh, everything's under control, you know, uh, but the freight side is kind of like little gray and shady that they don't really know what is going on. I think it's important to get involved more and increase the communication with your freight forwarder to understand eventually it's your own product and it's your money tied up uh, one of the containers. If you can't track it, you need to ask yourself, like, where's my shipment?
0: Okay. So there you have it, guys. You know, the, the, this we, we keep it real here. You know, we're, we're not going to try and paint something that a situation that is not. And, and the situation is, you know, prices are higher, shipping times are longer, but uh, hopefully this episode has been able to help you understand what you guys need to do to, to help uh, to do all you can to ma- uh, ease the pain, I guess, of, of this situation. So Brock, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I know people can find uh, your company also in directory.helium10.com right. our trusted partner directory. If they want to reach out to you, what are some what are some websites and, and uh, locations that people can find you out there?
1: Um, the best way to reach out us is, as you say there, we are in the Helium 10 trusted partner page uh, forceget.com uh, and also we have uh, quick quotation page that people can just leave their um, contact information. We have WhatsApp and US number. Um, one of the advantage that working with us is we have a local present in US with a time difference, so that people don't have to wait their freight forward to wake up <laughs> overseas. I think that's like one of the challenges that people are facing. But sending an email to sales@forscare.com will be the best way to get in touch with us.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be seeing you in a couple weeks. In in Vegas. And, uh, we'll also see you on um, one of the upcoming elite workshops as well. So thank you so much for that. And we'll see you later. Thank you for having me.